Welcome to the Arise Podcast. I'm Tanya Anderson, CEO at Arise, and it's my pleasure to have with me today Vicki Affinati, who is our lead education advocate in Oswego County. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you. So, Vicki, you have been in your role as an education advocate for a very long time. How long? About 16 years. 16 years. And education advocacy is a program that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, can you give an, an overview of the program for folks who are not familiar with it? Yes. Um, parents come to us with concerns with their school. Usually a parent comes when they're in a crisis situation. And Heather Smith is in Oswego as well, and she and I handle all the families that come to us. She handles under OPWDD, Office of People with Developmental Disabilities. And so they come to us, and we explain, and we go and support them at their school. CSE meetings, community special education meetings. We help their child maybe get a plan in place, whether a 504 plan or an individual education plan. And we just support them. We go to the meetings with them, provide lots of information. I have a group email list that I send out all sorts of trainings so parents can educate themselves further. So that's just a lot that we do. It is a lot that we do. And just to sort of back up a little bit and all that information. So these are families who have a child in their life who has a disability and the kids in their lives they are in school um, whether it's public or private school every child is entitled to a free and appropriate public education and what you are doing is really helping parents navigate a pretty complicated system you talked about the Committee on Special Education meeting, which is something that happens at least once a year in which um, the teachers and the family get together and they look at how the child is doing in school, their performance academically and socially, and then come up with the plan, which you reference is based on the kind of disability a person has, either that individualized education plan or IEP for short, or the 504 plan, which is a reference to a specific regulation that talks about different accommodations. It's it's really a lot. And how have you been able to just keep on top of all of the twists and turns and changes and regulations over those 16 years that you've been doing this? Well, before I answer that, I want to add also um, children that are homeschooled. Right. A lot of children come out of the you know, public school and they're homeschooled, but they still get speech, OT or PT, and we can help those parents as well. Right. That's a great point. So yeah. those are the related services. So those uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, all those things that are sort of on top of the academic accommodations and modifications that happens. That's a great point. Yes. And then there is a lot to keep up on, absolutely. But there are a lot of trainings since COVID, they're virtual which I do miss the in-person trainings because you can network a lot, and I learned a lot from other people. Um, and that's good, and I still network with people, and you know, you can reach out with them, to them and get some advice. But there's a lot of trainings, and there's a lot of things, and I recently have discovered YouTube. I have a child with apraxia speech. I never had that before. I didn't know anything about it. There's a lot of good videos on YouTube by professional people on that. Learning about that specific condition yes. and diagnosis. Yeah, that which, so that was really nice for me to do that. Absolutely. And I know you are always looking for information. And families many times, I mean, almost always, they're also looking information. How, what is a typical kind of request that might come to you? Or you might say everyone's different also. <laughs> but um, 
Well, sometimes we have people coming that are just like my child struggling and they don't have anything in place. What do I do? How do I go? And, you know, we have um, templates that we can send them, like here's a form letter, fill in your child's information, let me help you if you need, and then who they should submit it to, specifically who they should submit it to. And then they get the evaluation done, and then they call us back to go into the meeting with them. So that kind of thing. And I do have an email list where I send out to my parents on the trainings and on the different information. Um, I recently sent out this, like, goals. Like, they're like, my child needs goals. Well, here's this huge <laughs> bank of goals that you can look through, and they're very specific to, you know, different disabilities. So I sent that out. So there's a lot of information out there, right. but they are very grateful to get the email where they can just click into it. Right. So th the piece about the goals is really important because every student's IEP, their individualized education plan, a big part of that is setting the goals for the academic year, which have to be um, measurable and, and relevant to that student's progress. So it's, it's great that there's this bank of goals because I know as a a parent of a child with a disability myself that sometimes I th see these goals and they look kind of technical and not quite sure mm -hmm. if they're a good fit or not and we have a conversation about it but that's a nice resource that bank yes, yes very nice and the other thing you mentioned which I think is really important is um, families who like you said have a student in their life that is struggling they're not quite sure there's not a diagnosis they're not sure if they qualify mm -hmm. as having a disability and that template is the thing that really gets the ball rolling everything has to be in writing and that written request triggers certain time frames that the school district needs to respond within to get the evaluations if based on how they turn out you've got different rights and then you've got that initial meeting setting up the plan just talking about it here it's <laughs> it's complicated it's a lot it's it's very overwhelming um, for the family so they're very glad to have somebody to talk it through um, bounce ideas off of I had a parent recently and she's like I d am I making too big a deal of this no no you're not <laughs> you know and she just needed kind of that reassurance and she's kind of moving ahead on her own which is great like we want to help the families and we're there for them but once they're up and going and feel confident and that's something we want to instill in the parent is that right. to empower them and then they don't really need us and we're like okay that's good you know and then if you ever do just touch base again right and there's two things that you said in there that I think are really key one is as a parent um, trust your gut if you yes. think something's not right probably something's not right trust your gut you're not making too big a deal out of this because this is your child's shot in an education whether they have a disability or not yeah I always say to the parent you're the expert right it's your child you're the expert and you know when we go to meetings yes I'm there and yes I'm going to speak up if necessary but it's important that the schools see the parents are empowered again I said and just can speak up absolutely like you know it's really important that they speak up and we talk ahead of time and they know what they want to cover and um, so that's all good and right and that keys into the the second thing you had said before about um, parents just learning the skills and the tools so that they can go on to be the advocate for their 
child going forward, and then ev- eventually the, the student, him or herself, will learn to be their self-advocate because that's a skill we yes. all need in this world. Very much, yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. And in terms of the meeting itself, um, can you talk a little bit about that meeting and what it looks like? I've, I've been at those tables, and there can be a lot of people around yes. the table. Yes, I was at one this week that, you know, there was speech, there was OT, PT, the special education teacher, a general education teacher. He's transitioning into kindergarten. So there's those two te- um, staff there, a teacher and a psychologist, CSE chair, school psychologist. Yeah, there's a lot at a meeting. And they go around, and it's you know can be intimidating. I think that's why it is helpful to have an education advocate at your side. Um, and they just, each you know team member goes around and tells how the child is doing. Right. And, of course, they ask the parent as well. And then they'll say to the parent, do you have questions? Right. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a lot of information. And the it's objectively, it's a lot of information for any parent to absorb. But there's also that emotional piece because all of these people are talking about your kid. Yes. And I know as, you know, as a parent myself that I tried to – compartmentalize the information piece and the emotion piece because I want to hear the facts I want to hear the information but the mother is also saying oh this is my little girl and how is she doing is she going to be okay how do you how do you counsel parents with that well I let parents know it is okay if you get emotional if you cry it's okay it it is your child you know um it, it really is okay because that shows, I think, to everyone around the table that the parent is invested. And more times than not, in my personal experience, the people around that, around that table also have an emotional investment in the student and in their success. And they've gotten emotional, too, at meetings. Yes, yes. And I don't want the parent to, you know, beat themselves up or feel all down because they got emotional. It's like, it's okay. What I do at the meetings... You said it's hard to, you know, separate the emotions. I take notes. So the parent doesn't have to take notes. I'm there and I'm taking notes. And then I send those to the parent afterwards because they're not hearing everything because they are emotional. And then they get my notes that was like the more details in it. Right. So, um, and that's and that's helpful for me as well as for them. Right. You know, so that's really just something I do as a courtesy to them. Absolutely. And that reminds me of something that, Please tell me if this is still the case, but a, a parent basically can invite anyone they want to yes, the meeting. Absolutely. So it could be a, an, an advocate like yourself who's more formal. It could be a parent member. It could just be another friend or relative to be that second set of eyes and ears as well. Yes, and I tell them that it is important. Don't go alone. If, if nothing else, have that person there to take your notes. Right. So you can concentrate and not feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget something. You don't have to worry. Somebody's taking the notes. So yeah, it's important that somebody goes with them, I think. Right. And there are also minutes of these meetings, and any parent can request a copy of the minutes. Yes. Right. And in those meetings, there's a lot of technical information that we've sort of talked about. There's certain regulations and requirements in terms of the settings and the ratio of staff to the student. Just a lot of different things. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about maybe about some recent um, families that you've worked with, any particular success stories, which I know you've had many, many over those 16 years? 
Yes. Um, I'm working with a, a mom now. With She has three boys. Two of them have IEPs, individualized education plans. And um, it's just been really good to see the growth and the change. And we just did the transition meeting. He's the one I referenced that had all the you know, providers, okay. music therapists, everything. Great. So um, he's going to do great next year. I'm, I'm excited to see the progress that I know he'll make next year. And the mom did a really awesome thing. She wrote a thank you to everybody on the team, which was which was wonderful. We don't see that. We don't get thank yous. <laughs> you know, we don't see that. And she wrote that, and I thought that was so nice. So everybody got acknowledged. And then she also went, did one to the building principal mm-hmm. where she acknowledged the office staff making her feel welcome, and the nurse for her help with her son. Um, and again, we don't see that. So I really, that's an idea I'm gonna pass on to the other parents. And that is a, it's a fabulous idea, and it really keys to something that I know is important in the work that you're doing, is that recognizing that this is the team all working together for the student. Many times, Someone, a family might be feeling stressed that their child is not getting services that they need, that they're not making progress. So things can quickly become adversarial. And I know that our education advocacy team works to diffuse that, always advocating, of course, for what's reasonable and appropriate for the child, but also recognizing that this is the team that's going to be in place. We all need to work together. We're all here for the same reason, which is to make sure that this child gets the best possible education and that thank you note just sort of seems like the the cherry on the sunday yes it was very nice and and it is important to not be adversarial because we want to build bridges with the schools we don't want to have right you know big gaps so i always say to the parent you know deep breath before you go in right and go in with the best of intentions and the best mindset and then you know if something goes wrong we can always ask for another csc you can at any time ask for another meeting to be held for your child right so this is this is not a one shot this no. is a process yep you can literally go in the next day ask for another meeting so and and the school has to give it to the absolutely parent. yep yeah. <laughs> wow well Vicki you have such amazing experience and even just hearing you describe the process I feel as a parent that I would love to have your calm, informed voice by my side. And thank you. I know that you bring that to so many families and just thank you for the work that you do every day. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise, support independence.